welcome to the Mama Marketer Podcast. I am your host, Olivia Hayes. I hope everybody is doing well. I am pretty exhausted. This was one of those weeks where I literally had something planned every single day of the week, including the weekend. Um, and so it has just been really crazy and I'm, I'm pretty pooped, but um, I'm looking forward to uh, not having as busy of a week next week. So I hope everybody else is doing good. I know the holidays are coming up. I had a coffee with a couple of girlfriends the other day and they were telling me that they are both completely done with their Christmas shopping and I was just floored at that fact. Um, if you're done with your Christmas shopping, that is amazing. You're, you're amazing. Um, I have not even started. Um, I've had conversations the last couple days with my husband on making sure we get started, but Oh my goodness, that is pretty amazing to be done. So today I want to chat with you about two documentaries that I recently watched. Um, so these are not movie length documentaries. These are just news program length documentaries about an hour or so long, I would say. And they're both available on Hulu. Um, so you can check those out. Uh, the first the first one I want to talk to you about is another New York Times Presents special. So the New York Times Presents, they did the Framing Britney Spears documentary, and there's also a follow-up documentary to that that they just posted. And um, they do they do a whole a whole series of these, and I just kind of tune in whenever it's a topic I'm interested in. So they have one up right now on Hulu and its title is called, um, let's see, the official title is Malfunction, the Dressing Down of Janet Jackson. So here, I'll just read you the definition, uh, the working definition on up on Hulu. So it says, a culture war was brewing when the Super Bowl halftime show audience saw a white man expose a black woman's breasts for nine sixteenths of a second and national furor ensued. So when I first saw that description, I have to be honest, I thought that was really silly. I remember watching that and I remember all the drama afterwards and I not once as someone that was a viewer did I think of it as being a, a race thing. And so I thought, oh man, is this kind of reaching for maybe something that that wasn't there, you know? I, yeah, I fully admit, I, I thought it was goofy. Um, but then I decided to watch it. I decided there must be something more there that I'm not seeing. And I decided that I was really interested in, in seeing what was going on. So the show starts out and it just kind of gives you kind of a background of her career. It talks about, you know, her being a young Jackson star and then what her career was like when her you know dad and her uncle and everybody was really involved in her career and then it talks about how she kind of stepped into her own where she decided she wasn't going to make the type of music and the type of videos that they wanted her to make. She was going to kind of come into her own. And and yes, that included being a little bit more open with her sexuality, but she was able to kind of own her career in that way. Um, and it was kind of a, a just this very like free moment that she was having where she was embracing being a young, beautiful, you know, sexy single woman. And so she put that into her music because it was just a way of being authentic and being real with where she was at in her life. And so I thought, I thought that was really cool. It just kind of gave the history, a, a, a little bit of history of her career. 
And it gave a little bit of history between her and Justin Timberlake as well. So something I I did not realize was she was given a world tour, or she earned a world tour rather, and she chose NSYNC to open for her. And it was like this big deal that like they were going to be opening for her on this world tour. And um, there's this little clip in the show where they're interviewing NSYNC on a couple of different band members about like what this opportunity means to them. And, you know, the other guys are saying, you know, just her accolades about like her career and her music and stuff. And Justin just keeps chiming in with how fine she is, you know, over and over and over. And of course, at the time, it was funny. But now looking back on it, as I watch it, I'm just like, come on, like, stop taking away from this woman's career like yes she is fine but there is so much more to her and he just kind of was a little bit relentless so I mean the whole thing just kind of makes me question his professionalism um another thing that happened was I guess they rehearsed they did a full dress rehearsal for like weeks for not weeks they did a full dress rehearsal um for several days the week before the Super Bowl um and I guess in the dress rehearsal the plan was for them to rip away like a skirt and then they decided that that didn't actually work with the choreography and the blocking so they decided not to do that um and I guess supposedly behind the scenes Janet and her stylist did decide to come up with this kind of like bra reveal idea but Justin didn't really get a chance to like be a part of that conversation or practice it um they said in the documentary that he flew out Saturday he flew out from Texas where the Super Bowl was hosted that year he flew out Saturday back to LA and then supposedly flew back in like 20 minutes before the halftime show was supposed to start and so him and Janet really only had like a few minutes behind a closed door before going out to kind of talk about this this secret plan and so I don't know I just like I said I question Justin's professionalism in the fact that this is a huge performance and he like flew out the day before I don't know maybe he actually had another commitment but it seemed like it seemed like you'd want to be there you'd want to be resting you'd want to be preparing in some way but what was interesting about those rehearsals is the network actually was not concerned at all with Janet's uh, performance and Justin was a surprise nobody knew that he was going to be there he was not in any of the advertising this was going to be his surprise debut of his single uh, his solo career right so so they had no concern over their performance. There was concerns over um, some lyrics that P. Diddy was going to sing. There was some concerns over some lyrics that Nelly was going to sing. And then I guess Kid Rock was also there. And he wanted to wear this like poncho that was made out of an American flag. And the network was concerned about that. And if you go back and watch the performance, you'll see that all of those things still happened. Uh, there were still curse words that were used. The poncho still appeared. And then, of course, we had the Janet thing that that overshadowed it all so that was interesting to me it was something that I did not realize before that this was kind of the first time MTV and the network worked together on this performance and MTV has not been asked to produce another halftime show since then but you know they already had a bunch of eyes on them they were looking there were things that they were worried about going wrong there were ethical concerns this was around the time when uh there was parent groups you know going to Washington and and really being concerned about lyrics and about music videos and things that kids were exposed to so it was kind of a hot bed of chaos at that time of controversy and so I mean it, it, you almost get the feeling that no matter what they were going to be upset for about something they were looking for something and it's just so unfortunate that it that it ended up being that there ended up being something there for them to be mad out so um listen I I 
I, I don't agree that Janet and her stylist should have planned this. You know, obviously there was a lot that went into planning the show. So for them to kind of go behind their backs and plan this like that, you know, I don't think they should have done that. But at the end of the day, I do think that it was an accident. I don't think anybody can 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 debate that fact. Um, but what what's the kicker for me and what gets me fired up about this is comparing what happened to each of these artists afterwards. So if you believe that this was a mistake, it was a mistake on both of their parts. Justin was a part of it that maybe he was not well prepared for, and Janet was a part of it because she should have known not to really go behind their backs, right? But at the end of the day, the actual nip slip was an accident. And so when you compare what happened to each of these artists afterwards, I never realized until this show and then reflecting back that Justin kind of skyrocketed. Like he was invited to be at the Grammys two weeks later. And then like, I don't know, 10, 15 years later, he was invited back to perform at the Super Bowl. He headlined and he sang that exact same song, the same song that he was singing when he exposed her. Like, so it just, I don't know. It's, it's very hard to not believe that sexism is alive and well in today's day and age when you when you look at their careers she effectively it was the end of her career i mean she her her record that she was promoting did not sell very well and in the documentary they show all these examples of ways that she was just basically made the butt of the joke you know um and and people really judged her and and you know think about the super bowl performance we just had two years ago with j-lo and shakira i mean I feel like their performance was way more sexually explicit than, you know, seeing a nipple for half a second, you know, nine sixteenths of a second to be exact. So it's just so interesting thinking where we are now and where we've come. And we just really have to not trust the version of the story that the mainstream media puts out because even I believed it and thought I knew what went, went on there. And there was just so much more to it. And and I don't know, we just really have to have empathy for the situations because you just never know what, what went on in them. And I do have just such empathy for the way that she was treated versus the way that Justin was treated. And my goodness, I don't know who Justin Timberlake pissed off at the New York Times, but he was not painted in a very good light in the Britney doc. And he's certainly not painted in a very well light in this documentary. So I, I don't know what he did and who he made mad, but... um. I, I think I will be surprised if we aren't seeing for people wanting to cancel Justin. And I'm, I don't love the cancel culture. He, he did come out with an apology saying that, you know, there was a time in his life where he was a part of the system. And he specifically called out Janet and Brittany and said he wanted to apologize to them. But I'm just not convinced that these are the only instances where he basically was super sexist. And I just, uh, I don't know, he, he's on my radar and I'm just really undecided about whether or not he should continue to be rewarded. So I don't know, you guys watch the documentary. Let me know what you guys think. What do we think about Justin Timberlake? And I'm about to go download some Janet songs is what I'm going to do because uh, she definitely got, she, I feel like she was feeded un unfairly. She was treated unfairly. I don't feel like her punishment fit the crime in this case, especially considering how Justin was treated. So that's my two cents on that. Let me know what you think about that. Okay, so the next documentary news thing that I watched, news show that I watched was called um, Alec Baldwin Unscripted. 
And again, it's on Hulu. I think it's maybe a 2020 episode or no, it's just an ABC News episode. Um, And he basically sat down with George Stephanopoulos to kind of go over, I guess it was the first time he's publicly speaking since the um, accident that happened. In case you haven't heard, he was shooting a movie, not just shooting, he was actually producer of this movie and uh, a firearm went off and a a lady died. Uh, I think she was a director or a camera operator, but she got shot and died. And then another producer was also wounded in in this incident. And so there's a investigation ongoing. And and of course, Alec Baldwin politically leans, you know, to where he doesn't really, I mean, he's very heavy on gun control. And so, um, so people were kind of, you know, the chatter online was just that it was kind of ironic that, that this happened to someone that, you know, doesn't believe in, in, in guns at all. And yet he ends up being part of a, of a, of a gun incident. So I don't know what, what I thought was interesting here. So what he, what he says happened is that he was on set and they were marking a scene and, uh, he was handed a gun and the prop person told him this is a cold gun meaning that there was no bullets in it and he was trying to he was under the direction of the lady that passed away um and he was getting direction from her and she wanted to get in frame him cocking the gun and to make sure that it was really dramatic and apparently it was never written at all that the gun was even going to be fired his finger wasn't even on the trigger and he reiterated in the interview that he didn't actually pull the trigger so he cocked the gun just to kind of make sure that they could see it in frame and then he didn't finish fully cocking it and then he released it and then when he released it was when the gun discharged and this accident happened and so um it's so so yeah so that's that's his version of events right um and what's what's interesting to me is that any gun person will tell you the number one rule is to treat every single gun like it's loaded and so you're not shooting it you know pointing it towards people and the and the interviewer questioned him on this he said what about treating every gun like it's loaded and he said yeah that rule applies unless you're on a movie set and the director is telling you to point it a certain way. And I just don't know that I agree with that. <laughs> um, and and I've also talked to some people, um, gun people that, you know, are, are around. And, and, and I asked, you know, is it possible for for the gun cocking to, to discharge the gun like that. And it, and it totally is if you don't do it properly, if you don't cock it all the way back and release it before it's ready, it totally is possible that it would fire. Um, so, you know, it just, if, if Alec just had a basic amount of gun knowledge, a, ga- a basic amount of gun safety knowledge, we really could have avoided this whole thing. And I get it. He's a guy that doesn't believe in personally owning guns but he's also an actor who for a very long time has been in movies where they use guns and so in the interview he said you know I'm not going to shoot another movie where they need me to use guns ever again I'm done with that and I appreciate the sentiment but I just wish that you would stand by your principles before you get caught like if it's really a principle to you if you are really anti-gun then I wish that you would live that in all aspects of your life. That's how I am with my principles. Um, and I just, I don't know. I, w- I wish that he, I wish that he had basic gun safety knowledge. And I wish that if he felt so strongly against guns, that instead of putting his head in the sand about it, that he really did take a stand against them before. It seems like too little too late to say that now. Um, 
And another thing that I thought was interesting in this documentary, they have a clip from George Clooney. He was on Mark Maron's podcast, and I guess he was asked about this incident, and George Clooney said, you know, you always double-check the gun. Even if a prop person tells you that the gun is empty, you're supposed to physically check it with your own eyes to make sure that it's empty or that it has, like, the dummy rounds in it. And he, he made it seem like that was the norm, and Alec Baldwin tried to make it sound like the norm was to just trust the person handing it to you um you know he said I trusted the armory and the again the interviewer asked him like do you think you you had a responsibility to check yourself and he said no that's not the actor's job basically saying the actor's job is to act and the prop person is to know the props and I just don't agree with that at all I think that no matter what you're doing you need to have personal responsibility if you are being asked to shoot and fire a gun it would take you two seconds to double check it to George Clooney's point and you're you're talking literally about life or death you're so so why I'm not saying listen I'm not saying don't trust people I'm not saying I'm not saying that but I'm just saying you have your own personal responsibility that you need to take in all cases and you know he he so was so trusting of the prop situation and now even now he's so trusting of the investigation the uh, interviewer asked do you think that you're going to be charged with anything and he was just like no because I didn't bring a live round onto the set and I trust that the investigators are going to find the person that did and I just think that's so naive I think at the very least he is guilty of 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 manslaughter of an accidental shooting of not knowing what he was doing and I, it just, I just think it's so unfortunate. And my thoughts and prayers are with the, the, the husband and the son who now doesn't have a mom. But I just, I, it just infuriates me when people do not take responsibility for their own actions. And yes, there were people there that were giving him advice and, you know, that he trusted. But ultimately, he was the one that had that gun in his hand. And he should have just checked. It would have taken him two seconds to double check that gun. And if he, and, and if, like I said, if he had a basic knowledge of gun safety, this whole, this whole situation might not have happened. So I would really like to know, um, what you guys think about this interview and this incident. And we don't necessarily have to get into a debate about gun control or not, but I'm just wondering what people think in this instance. Like if, if that were you, you know, would you have been the type of actor like Alec just to trust the prop person? Or would you have been the actor more like George Clooney where it's like, I hear you, but let me check for myself. Let me just make sure, you know? And so I don't know. I'm just, I'm just interested in, in what you guys think about that. So, um, that's kind of all I have for today, you guys. Short and sweet. Um, I am still closely following the Elizabeth Holmes trial and, of course, now the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. So um, I might do a podcast on that in the next coming weeks as, as those develop. We should be going into closing arguments on the Elizabeth Holmes one. So, um, so yeah, stay, stay tuned for that. And, of course, if you haven't, um, wherever you're listening to this, subscribe. Um, whether you're on Facebook or Instagram, follow me at The Mama Marketer or like me. You'd super be helping me out. Also, if you haven't yet, go to themamamarketer.com and subscribe to my website. You should be able to see a subscribe box right, you know, at the homepage down in the footer. You should be able to see that and you would really be helping me and and, and other creators like me um, just getting your support online. Nothing monetarily, just giving us your attention um, and your clicks that super helps us out. So if you haven't
haven't done that, please do. And um, I will talk to you again soon. And um, let me know what you think about these two topics, these two documentaries. Um, the best place to find me is just on Instagram at the Mama Marketer. Send me a message or comment, uh, and let's chat about it. All right, have a good one. Bye. Mm-hmm.